0: You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla.
1: Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. Today, we're going to be tackling a tough topic. It's it's one that we all see, and depending on what side of the fence that you are on, your beliefs, your views might vary. However, I think the one thing that we can all say about this topic is there's a better way of doing it and a less expensive way of doing it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about healing American healthcare. This this is the this is the topic of today's conversation, and it's one that pertains to business because if you're a business owner, if you have employees, then you're caught up in that system. You're part of that system. And if we can make it better for the end user, if we can make it better for each individual, then it is better for business all around. My guest today is Ed Eichhorn. He is the founder and creator of the American Health Healing American Healthcare Coalition and the author of a book by the same name. Ed, welcome to the show today.
0: Thanks. It's uh, great to be with you, Justin.
1: So I got to ask it, how did you get into the healthcare world?
0: Well, I've been in healthcare for many years. Uh, when I graduated from engineering school, I got the opportunity to go to work for a medical device manufacturer. And uh, from there, I, uh, my career grew. Uh, I was an owner of a, uh, a business that provided services to dialysis patients. I went from there to working in the medical imaging uh, world. And in 2008, I started my own consulting business where I advised medical companies and medical societies about issues related to you know healthcare.
1: Fantastic. So you've been in the industry a while, and I would imagine that uh, during that time you you've seen the ups and downs, the fluxes, the changes, the mm-hmm. the 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 Robin Peter to pay Paul methodologies of our healthcare system. So, what would you say is the number one problem with our American healthcare system?
0: Well, as as many researchers have said, we have a great healthcare system. It's just too expensive. It is by far the most expensive healthcare system in the world. Our costs are twice as high for the same services and pharmaceuticals than all of the nations of the Organization for Economic and Cooperative Development. That includes 37 democracies that are a part of the UN. Uh, And that that is one of the biggest problems. It's just not affordable if you don't have good insurance. And as a result... Even with the passage of Obamacare about 10 years ago, about 29 million Americans have no insurance and another 40 million are actually underinsured. And that group of 60 million Americans, which is about 20% of our population, uh, they all act as if they're uninsured. So they don't seek care till late in in diseases. And that results in more expensive care and also uh, outcomes that would have been better had they been diagnosed earlier in the course of their disease. So we, we're very interested in making healthcare available to everyone in a way that is not really socialized medicine. We would like to do it in a way that uh, allows us to uh, build on our, our system of uh, capitalistic endeavor.
1: No, I agree. I I love the fact that you include that because uh, anybody in business, you know, anybody that's been in the, the economic sector or whatnot knows that when a free market is allowed to control itself, right? it it, it tends to be best all around. So given that, given that, you know, capitalism doesn't always get the best name because we've got kind of this weird mixture of things going on over here. And, uh, healthcare just tends to be one of the, one of the line items that tends to offset or give capitalism a bad name. Why then is our healthcare system so expensive?
0: Well, there, there are a number of reasons. Uh, Uh, We pay more for drugs in our country, even though more than 60 percent of the pharmaceutical companies are based here than any other than any other nation in the world. In fact, it's been studied a number of times. We pay for the same drugs to treat the same diseases uh, about two two point six times more than uh, uh, all of Europe pays. Um, And that, and the cost of drugs, in the United States is one of the most rapidly growing areas of, of healthcare. Uh, you know, the pharmaceutical industry has done a fantastic job of bringing uh, forward uh, vaccines to fight uh, the pandemic that we all all live with. But uh, a number of things that they do are very very expensive. Um, for example, in um, in, the, in the 1980s, a big push was to uh, encourage drug companies to make drugs for uh, orphan drugs for diseases uh, that didn't affect gigantic populations. And uh, that's been very successful. Um, there's about 600 drugs that have been passed in that way. And unfortunately, the price of them has gone up by a factor of 64 times since the law was passed. So, okay. for example, if, if someone has hepatitis C, the average cost for those drugs are like eighty thousand dollars a month, uh, and there are examples where people have uh, or companies have bought. Uh, drugs that are generic but only had one manufacturer and have dramatically raised the price once they uh, once they bought the drug. So we need to encourage more competition um, by helping other companies to actually begin to make drugs that are in demand but only have one manufacturer, especially as they come off patent. We also, our hospital system has gotten very expensive because a, a lot of hospital mergers have occurred. So a small segment of the hospital market, uh, makes a great deal of profit, and most of those hospitals are actually nonprofit companies that don't pay taxes at all. And a, a larger segment, about 3,000 of our hospitals, uh, just break even or lose money. And unfortunately, in, in rural health care, we have two hospitals a month that are closing. So the quality of care in rural parts of our nation has been declining. And at the same time, we have great medical schools. We have some of the you know, most sought after uh, treatment in the world in tremendous hospitals. But uh, the cost that we pay for these things has to be uh, brought under control.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I like that. So, folks, this is this. We're gonna we're gonna dive into this a little bit farther on on the back end of this conversation because it's a worthwhile conversation to have. It's worth exploring because, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity to do something about this, to to make change in the world and and help heal the American healthcare system. But before we go on break, Ed, where can people go find more information about you?
0: Well um we formed our Healing American Healthcare Coalition in in 2020 and if you go to healingamericanhealthcare.org you can learn about our coalition and you can learn how to get our book uh, which is available at Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and many other uh, retailers fantastic
1: folks go take a look at the site go pick up the book and and dive into this this is one of those topics that we all are responsible for. And and we, as entrepreneurs, as business owners have the responsibility of doing something about it one way or the other. Somebody's got to change it. It's got to change. Otherwise, it's just going to collapse. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, superpower masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today.
1: Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Ed Eichhorn. He is the founder and creator of the Healing American Health Corps Coalition and the author of a book by the same name, Ed, thank you so much for for being here today. This conversation is one that I know that a lot of people struggle with. I know that it's it's created a lot of divisiveness in in families, in uh, between employees and employers. Versus, should we have socialized medicine? Should we not have socialized medicine? Uh, and one of the points that you made at the beginning of the show is is that you know that there are remedies that will allow us to maintain healthcare in 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 a free market in a capitalistic market without having to go to social medicine so my question to you is what do you see the benefits of socialized medicine versus a, a healthcare system based in capitalism what what are you what are the big reasons why or opportunities that exist for for doing such
0: well, um, generally speaking, across the world, as I said before, um, nations that have uh, single payer systems uh, have lower cost points than than you do in other systems. And what we want to do is uh, maintain choice—choice uh, choice for individuals or choice for uh, employers. The largest number of people covered in the United States are covered by employment plans. Uh, but they, they, they've gotten very expensive over the last 15 years because of the rising cost of uh, um, you know providing care. So um, what we would do is we would use part of the government's opportunity to lower costs, and we would have a public option. However, employers could choose between a private plan, a public option, or uh, being self-insured. Uh, And we believe all employers actually should provide insurance through one of those sources. Now, by doing that, what we actually do is we lower the cost of government by almost $300 billion a year, because 16% of the people who are on Medicaid are employed but their employers do not provide coverage. But if we can make coverage more affordable and create competition, I believe private insurance companies would work to meet the cost as best they could of a public option. I've done the calculations. A public option would be about 30% less in cost than the current cost of private insurance. However, if, if that was available, private insurance would have to figure out how to compete if they wanted to stay in business. of the business done by private insurance companies is with other employers. So they would want to use their creative ability and uh, their ability to negotiate with the people who provide healthcare being hospitals and, and drug companies and physician providers to come up with a cost structure that would allow them to compete. And, I think they could be successful at doing that for those companies that wanted to. You know, uh, many of the Blue Cross Blue Shield companies are actually nonprofit companies, and I believe that, uh, they could uh, lead the way to competing with uh, a public option, and that that would actually reduce the cost of business um, if on a net basis, just based on the companies that now provide insurance uh, nationally. That could create about a two hundred and eighty billion dollars savings uh, oh. for, for industry in general. Um, The other thing is, I think, um, you know, Medicare, for example, uh, under the uh, second Bush administration, they created Medicare Part D. It's a very good thing. It provides uh, uh, coverage for costs for pharmaceuticals. But the problem is that as a part of that law, they said that Medicare would pay list price for pharmaceuticals. Now, uh, the VA negotiates, and they save about $18 billion a year. If you allowed Medicare to negotiate, you'd save $80 billion a year for us taxpayers and the cost of Medicare. So there are a number of things that we could do to actually uh, reduce the cost of health care. And we we could help, for example, insurance companies do something called pre-authorization. If you need an MRI, your doctor has to contact them, uh, the insurance company, whoever they might be, in order to get approval to do the test. Well, uh, an AMA study that was done earlier this year pointed out that physicians are not sp- now spending 18 hours a week, on average, getting pre-approvals approved. That can be done by computer post-order uh, of whatever is ordered. And then you can go back to the doctors and say, why do you order more of these MRIs than others do to figure out w- what they're doing to practice medicine? you know. Uh, and, and
1: I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna jump in right there because sure. folks, if you're paying attention, if, if you're listening here, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you like to create things, that right there is a huge opportunity. Is because what I heard you say, uh, Ed, is that efficiency needs to be improved on how the insurance companies and the medical professionals are communicating with one
0: another. Exactly, that's one really really big issue. Um, and and there are there are a number of them in, in every every segment of how healthcare is provided. And, you know, uh, there's an issue in the pharmaceuticals that uh, could be addressed. And the way the formularies are are done, there's a uh, middleman who control how which drugs get on the formularies for pharmacies. That needs to be updated and corrected also. So there there are many areas where we could do a better job uh, with our healthcare system. We can maintain competition. We can maintain choice and we can lower costs. Um, This
1: this is. This right here, Ed, is is one of those things that there's so much opportunity out there. There are, and, and folks, if you're paying attention, nowhere in this conversation did Ed say we need to raise taxes to <laughs> improve our healthcare system.
0: You know, actually, Justin, uh, if our healthcare plan, which in our book is called the Icorn Hutchinson All Care Plan, because <laughs> you named anything, you know, but that was the name we chose. Um, but if our plan became uh, the way healthcare was done in the United States, all of the Obamacare taxes could be eliminated.
1: Yeah, well, there, there, it is, folks. There it is. There is a better way, and this conversation is intriguing. I do want to ask one more question here because sure. there's there's a lot of problems that we've identified. There's a lot of opportunity to be had for those in the right in the right sectors with the right know-how and and, and, and means. What's the first step? for this transformation of healing American healthcare? I know there's a lot of problems that we've identified, a lot of costs, a lot of things, but really, as a society, as a culture, what is the first step for us to be able to start making those changes?
0: Well, I think the first step is really uh, education, Uh, learning about the problem and how to make things better. And You know, that means each of us has a responsibility to understand more about health care, especially if we want to make a difference. But we also have to work to educate our legislators. I wrote an article a while back called Strategic Compromise, and our plan would allow Democrats and Republicans in the House and the Senate to compromise because Republicans generally want to reduce in a conservative way. We'd like to reduce the cost of government. And Democrats are interested in single payer or Medicare for all that would uh, provide more health care. A plan like ours allows there to be more health care. Everyone would have health care. And it also allows uh, us to reduce the federal budget by three hundred billion dollars a year. Oh. So, I, you know, I think um, we need, and I and I write to legislators regularly. And I visited Washington and handed out my book to every committee chair and every ranking member for every committee that deals with healthcare. But I, I believe we have to encourage our uh, congressional leaders to understand how this could be done. And this is not easy because uh, the pharmaceutical industry alone has 880 lobbyists. Uh, you know, there's 100 senators and 435 congressmen, but there's 800 lobbyists that work in uh, the pharmaceutical industry, and and they are uh, representing points of view that are very important. Uh, they represent where there are manufacturing plants, why they need more, uh, you know, approval uh, flexibility for pharmaceuticals. There are many, many topics that that they represent. But we need to have um, the people talk to our um, legislative uh, representatives about how they could help make our economy stronger by reducing the cost of health care and reducing the government's cost of health care. And, and I, I think it is a uh, conversation that we all should have.
1: I agree, Ed. I agree. And the education piece, I think you got covered. You, you've been in this industry for a while. You're knowledge of of the conversation it's we had and solutions we have i think are worth having folks i encourage you to go take a look at ed's website especially if this is something that lights you up especially if you know it's something you need to learn about and one more time where can people go learn uh more about you
0: healing org.
1: fantastic folks this conversation matters. This conversation is is part of the bigger picture. It's part of why you got into business. It's part of why you wanted to change the world. It's it's part of all of that, and we have a responsibility to it. So go out there, do what you're best at, make change, help people up level, so we can heal American healthcare together. And until next time, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers, so you can change the world. Take care.